0: be one of the first Australians to get a football master's degree and join GIS's global network of football leaders apply now to start in February 2023 learn more at gis.sport/fnR that's gissport
1: fnr victory looking to build Barbarossa is quick is he in behind top or Stanley it doesn't matter Costa Barbaros Wow again oh, he's done
0: it unbelievable T minus two days. after another installment of the world's longest offseason that is how close we are to the start of another A-league men's campaign. We're getting ready to preview that opening round here on the Oz Football Hour. Lockie Flanagan and Jason Goldsmith back with you for another week. Jason, two days out, can you can you believe that we're? Uh, I mean, I guess you can believe that we're saying it. I but can, but
1: it's 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 uh, good it's to, nice to be saying it. It's great to be saying it, Lockie. Good to be here. It's 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 mixed emotions all this week. There's so much good news that we've had with um, Australian football this week, and we've also had some very very. Sad and flat news as well in the last week. So let's get excited about the football season coming up and the games we've got this weekend. Uh, hopefully the weather doesn't ruin uh, those on the east coast of Australia, but there's some, some interesting matchups. We're just running through a few teams as well, looking at new players and players that have uh, changed clubs. And, yeah, at this stage of the season, there's, you know, 12 possibilities.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I have an honest, and I told you as much before you we went to air, I have an honest to goodness, like, headache. Having tried to sit here before and thought, oh, who do I think is going to be good? Oh, I, I genuinely think you could make a case for at, l- at minimum, what well, minimum ten of the twelve teams being
1: finals contenders. Absolutely, and then you, of course we've got, as always with uh, an A League season, we've got all these international players that some are going to be fantastic and some are going to be flops yeah, i mean it, and we don't know which one's it's, which it's
0: it's a uniquely difficult league to predict because i mean the, the the traditional you know australian football fan follows a team in europe and a team mm-hmm. in australia that's the way things go following your team in europe trying to predict that team is easy because if you want if you see a new signing more often than not you're already familiar with the player You know where they've come from. We know where these players have come from in the A-League, but there's an abundance of information and footage of who they are, what they do. There's probably a scouting report written by some very intelligent analyst. It's not necessarily the same. We've had situations here in Australia where the player's signed for a club in the A-League and hasn't even had a Wikipedia. I mean, that happened with Raimar Chan last <laughs> year. And I remember this time last year being like, how good can a guy without a Wikipedia page who's most recently played in Andorra mm-hmm. really be? But he's been brilliant, and I'm looking forward to seeing him play more this year.
1: True, and we've also signed players based on highlights packages, which turned like Mario Jadel, which would to be massive flops yeah. based on what they have done previously. So it's an exciting time. It's it's great. we are going to see uh, yes. what's coming up. There's
0: a uh, a lot of excitement, a lot of surprises on the horizon. But we we should start with that uh, with looking back mm-hmm. on uh, on the week that was, and more specifically, the Australia Cup final on Saturday night, which of course ended two nil in favour of MacArthur but sadly as a result of uh, uh, some of the off-field incidents that, that took place, um, the the scoreline and the result itself has really been the, the last thing that we've been discussing, Jason.
1: Press releases and, and statements, I think we're getting uh, very, very used to, to reading those. We've had some come from, you know, Football Australia. We have ones come from the Professional Footballers Association. We have some come from Sydney United themselves the AAFC, etc., etc., et cetera, all um, condemning and apologising for the behaviour uh, of certain sections of the crowd during the uh, Australia Cup final. So it kind of put a blight on the fact that we were talking it up last week here about how exciting it is to finally have an NPL club make the final and take on an A-League club for some silverware. Uh, the Croatian tournament on uh being held in Sydney at the same time, which would swell the crowd. It was, and let's talk about some good things here, it was a record crowd for an Australia Cup final as well. So over 16,000 punters attended. It's just uh, some crowd behaviour is uh, is really, really marred um, what should have been celebrated and and had a lot of football fans and pundits and and everyone feeling very, very flat. I think flat's the right word Um, because it's just disappointing yeah i mean i i
0: was that was my overriding emotion um yeah after the 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 events of the weekend was just sad um one of yeah of despair really um you know predominantly for the people who were impacted by mm-hmm. some of the the things that that happened um as a result of of the game, obviously, the um, you know the displays of, of of fascist iconography and and fascist salutes, predominantly, mm-hmm. um, you know, are, are things that I <laughs> I could not stand further enough uh, against. I don't really want to really. I'm not an expert on on, on Balkan politics and I don't pretend to be and I don't purport to be and I know that there are some various differences of interpretation when it comes to chanting and differences of interpretation with respect to the PA system and the in-ground experience versus what we saw on the TV when it comes to the anthem, the welcome to country. But fascist salutes are... They are cut. They are cut and dry. They are obvious. They are yep. clear, and they are wrong. And anyone
1: who, who to be fair, they're, and they're known too.
0: Yeah, right? anyone well who engages known. in those, I cannot condemn that strongly enough. And I, agreed. Yep. Terribly sad for the people who were impacted by those events. And it's good to see uh, Football Australia today coming out with a statement that one person from uh, the 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 game. Uh, has been identified and subsequently banned yep. um you, action you would, has been taken which is Yeah, which is a, a, and you would expect at least relating specifically to the these um you know displays overt displays of of of, of fascism um or you know fascist salutes that there there's more to to yep. come from in I guess in I, that regard
1: yeah I, I guess there's been a focus on on different aspects of the behavior so there's probably about four different ones so that that one's in terms of the salute, and that's been addressed. So that's fantastic. Um, the Welcome to Country uh, is an interesting one. And there's been talk about, you know, the booing was perhaps directed at the MacArthur fans that were featuring on the big screen at that time. Um, the lady performing that was, 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 um, Distressed, She was visually distressed. I was only watching on television, so she was a little bit uncomfortable with what's happening. So perhaps we can look at different aspects of that in terms of getting the crowd to be a little bit more respectful for when that happens. The so Welcome to Country has been an, a magnificent addition to um, uh, to Australia in only the last four or five years. It never used to be a part of it, but it's wonderful to learn the country that um, that these players are going to be on. So that's something that we need to, to, to look at, making sure that that becomes... Just as respectful as the national anthem, um, I guess the call and response thing for me was the the hard one because that was that came through uh, quite audibly through the television coverage uh, throughout. Um, in that, we're talking about a chant that was used from a, a regime in the 1930s and 1940s. So this sort of pre-World War II stuff is almost 100 years ago, right? It's almost 100 years ago. So it's consigned to history. I'm not sure that most of that crowd understand what they were doing. Some of them would have been, but I don't think all of them would have been. You're caught up in a call and response kind of moment. Can't condemn that enough. I mean, Joe Simonich, the Australian-raised Croatian player, was, was part of that same call and response and FIFA suspended him for 10 games. He missed the world cup because of it. So uh, it's clearly not on. So, so that, that part of um, the process needs to, needs to be addressed as well. And, and then today there's some distressing footage that's emerged today as well with some, uh, after Toure scored his penalty, the first goal, uh, some other crowd sort of taunting him in an inappropriate manner as well. So hopefully that's, person can be identified similar to the one with a salute and action taken and I'm sure that will that will occur in, in due course so I don't want to condemn all of the Croatian fans, um, I think people were caught up in that call and response but the fact that it, what it represents is is inappropriate I don't want I, I want to see you know forever Croatia banners and I want to see the history of these clubs recognised and the momentum build towards a national second division because these are the type of clubs that will, will form a national second division and, and give it the colour and life that it deserves. Mm. And I think um, how much has been condemned and all the statements and some of the action that's been taken already has shown that uh, we're not going to stand for it and they've moved pretty quickly, I would have thought, and hopefully they can do the same with uh, the, the person identified today in those videos and then we can move on because we were hit, sitting here last week talking up how good the Australia Cup's been! How good it was NPL sides were knocking off um, A League teams, and the difference it made, and we had a record crowd for it, and everything else, which is completely undermined by the crowd behaviour.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's fair enough. I, I, and while I, I stand totally against, um, yeah, you know, all of those sort of actions and elements of what we saw with that particular. Section of fans, uh, as you pointed out, it's important to remember that. Well, not other than that, because it's it is the significant sort of focal point of uh, of what's happened. But there were plenty of people who were contributing a positive element, Absolutely. to, to, to yeah. that game. To that game, but I, I and I stand against the, the things that went wrong. But I also didn't really. Agree and and can't stand by the side of those who tried to use what happened uh, uh, as a vehicle for um, some. I mean, some of the arguments I saw saying that you know this is the reason that we got rid of ethnic clubs from the top flight. This is why we need to bring back the NC NCIP. It should never have gone. I can't. Also, but I can't stand by and accept. Those kind of arguments. No, neither do I. A, as we,
1: well. No, we need to recognise there is a place for the, the newer clubs, the A League clubs that have been around, the, the newer expansion clubs that have been around. One of them who we should haven't even mentioned. Really, we should have been talking about that. Macarthur won their silverware for the first time in a magnificent effort. Dwight York's first um, tournament as a coach, and he's uh, successful. Um, you know, we should be talking about De Villa giving his medal for. Um, the best player on the pitch to the the chairman in support of the the personal um, tragedy that had he dealt with uh, only four mm. four months or so ago. Um, and instead, us uh, every other sort of media outlet, outlet, podcast, even the mainstream more well, mainstream media have all had to address it. The premier of New South Wales was talking about it. You know, not not we don't want we don't want to be in the in the news for these reasons, right? We want to be celebrating a record crowd at a at Combank Stadium, that saw you know an MPL team make the final for the first time, but mm. it hasn't been the case this week, and that's made everyone really flat. And they've, they've taken action today. Let's take action against the the, the next lot that's, yeah. that's turned up, and and we can hopefully move on.
0: Yeah, it, the more people that can be identified um, who engage in those practices um, and and be be punished to, to send a strong a strong message, I- individuals that the better. But I, I think also at, a, at an internal level, um, you know, at Sydney United, we, we, we've seen them put out a number of statements yep. which are encouraging, but I think they n- need, some need to. Yep. And I think uh, well, I can only imagine behind closed doors need to be actively assisting football Australia in, in, in not just um, you know, identifying people who might have been involved in those sort of activities, um, fascist salutes, that kind of thing. Mm. But also in making sure that a punishment is actually uh, upheld as well, and if that person does try to attend a game or something, you actually say, you know, we, we can't allow you um, uh, allow you in here. And, and just just to sort of speak with their internal groups and say, you know, that if we want to take this sort of step, um, return to a national stage, and there is going to be really? yeah, every club is going to have. Problems with 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 different elements, I guess. Um, yeah, these kind of things just they can't happen. This they can't happen, they, and
1: they they probably have to go right back to being on their best behaviour. So they can't storm the pitch when they knock off an A League team at um, King Tom like they did when they beat the War and that kind of thing. They need to be, you know, come straight back into line. Just with any any kind of stuff up is going to really really hurt them, um, and in and in term in and in turn that hurts the code and it hurts all of us. But
0: at the very least, it's good to see that one, hopefully more people have been identified because we have, and I do recommend that individuals rather than collective necessarily, um, that is the focus, are the focus of punishment. Um, We have had other incidents in the A league as well. Of course. Where um, people, individuals haven't been singled out and, and punished as recently as, as last season, there's a particular a joke, event I can yeah, I can think of where where bro, no one yeah. in the end actually received punishment for what happened. So, yeah, I hope this um, sets sets the tone, sets a precedent um, for what will happen from from here on in. As opposed to, yeah, it's um,
1: an exception rather than a rule. Uh, I agree completely. So let, let's let's change the tone a little bit. Let's talk about the tournament and the winner of the uh, the Mike Cockrell Medal. Shall we? Because uh, someone that you you know quite well. Um, so the Mike Cockrell Medal is given to the uh, the best player that from a non A League team that hasn't played professionally in the round of thirty two onwards, and it was awarded to Oakley Cannons Joe Guest. Yeah, well,
0: this is, is this is definitely going to change the tone because nothing uh, nothing improves my mood, I guess, Jason. Like the mm-hmm. chance to take a, a personal victory lap.
1: Okay. All um,
0: right. <laughs> And uh, no, I I just want to congratulate uh, Joe Knowles for a stellar, stellar NPL campaign and a stellar uh, Australia Cup campaign. Now, a lot of people will look at this and say, "Well, why is why you know?" A lot of people are saying, "Oh, well, Daniel Nizic should surely be be winning." But the the criteria was put out in advance of yep. the award being announced, and I am not trying to take away from the. Quality and it was quality um, campaign in the Australia Cup that Daniel Nisic did have. He was brilliant. Yeah. But you can't be have been a professionally contracted player. That's right. those, yep. those the that's the criteria. And just as others have, have missed out over the years, uh, Daniel Nisic missed out. But I think in Joe Guest, mm-hmm. we had a, an extremely worthy recipient. I mean, he lodged off his own back. Um a handful of of goal of the tournament contenders. Uh, He was a... a, He is a key cog in this Oakley side that, yes, they sort of fell away quite easily in the end against MacArthur, but before the injury to to Aaron Williams and in the game before against Sydney FC, not only got results, but played in a really positive way against A-League opposition. They brought a lot to the competition, much in the same way Sydney United did. And I thought Joe Knowles, if it wasn't going to be Daniel Nisic, if the criteria is going to work mm-hmm. against him, I just personally thought uh, a few, pretty much the moment we saw that you know, criteria confirmed by Football Australia, I think I immediately went and messaged people, it's got to be, it has to be Joe Guest. Mm. Uh, and, and indeed it was. And yeah, I, I couldn't, couldn't be happier for the guy.
1: And um, and signed for three years during the season as well from, from what I understand for Oakley Cannons. So um, yeah, fantastic award. It's only the fourth uh, uh, fourth time the medal's been awarded. He'd be the second player of English descent as well, I think. Because are you looking? At what's in front of my screen? Yes, Fraser Hills. Yeah,
0: no, Fraser Hills. Yes, from Brisbane City.
1: That's right. And then we had Elvis Camsober, obviously probably the most celebrated one thus far. Who yes. then has then gone on to. Uh, play in the A League and now sign for in uh, I think he's in Iran, isn't he? In Tehran for Tehran for a club. Yes, and um and Finn Beekhurst for Lions FC. So, um, amazing result for Joe. So that's fantastic. So um so well done and congratulations to him.
0: Yes. Sh- shall we talk a little bit? We did sort of mention it earlier. Shall we talk a bit more about the actual on pitch goings on in this game? The the win for for Dwight York. The you know the 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 medal and the championship for. Ulysses Davila as well?
1: Perhaps. I, I, uh, Sydney United looked tired to me. They looked like they had run the race from the start. I think Arzani and um, and Toure and Davila, um, they sort of just bossed them around and they had majority of possession and like a very sort of boring cup final. They did enough and did enough and did enough. A couple of penalties that were definitely there uh, and able to put them away. Two nil win. One penalty in the first, the one in the second half. So I am... Um, yeah, it was a little bit disappointing because the 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 atmosphere was was quite strong in terms of the noise, nastiness aside. The noise and the atmosphere was was quite quite good there to start off with, but it it just was quite obvious to me early that um that Sydney United weren't gonna weren't gonna put up much of a show. Mm, well, a large.
0: I think a large part of that was the the quality of that that front four that MacArthur had on offer mm-hmm. spearheaded by someone you mentioned Daniel Arzani, obviously yep. Al-Hassan Touré who scored one of the penalties and the man who ultimately won the the medal for best of field, which was uh, Ulysses Davila I mean and ultimately the man at the the head of it all is is Dwight York who as you pointed out as you know in his short short stint as manager has already managed a piece of silverware, and has got the hype train where it relates to Macarthur, well and truly running, and people are queuing up at the station to to get on board. Are you punching your ticket on the Macarthur hype train as well?
1: I'm not sure. Like against, we discussed this off air too. Like their their run at the at the cup final was was pretty. It was pretty uh, easy for A-League opposition, I'm guessing, in a couple of second division, state second division type teams as well as they went through the process. I've got questions about their defence um, when it comes to A-League. So I'm not uh, going to buy into the hype train just yet. But, um, you know, let's, let's see. Let's hope for the good of Australian football we get magnificent seasons out of Arzani and Toure because they, they're hopefully the future. They're still very, very young. And still, uh, options for us moving forward. So, um, a great win, a great start. They couldn't do much else than beat who come, they come up against. Mm. We'll see how they go and they, who they kick off with. They play uh, Brisbane or away the first week. So we'll see how that works out.
0: I mean, it's it's hard to believe, really, looking at uh, at this game uh, and looking at the the lineup that took the field. That there's someone like Al Hassan Toure who has been dazzling in the Australia Cup games I've watched them mm-hmm. play. Again, albeit they have played two second-tier NPL sides in Modbury and Mackay with Sunday. They got that yeah. win over Wellington and then played Oakley and Sydney United. Sydney United, I think we can give them a, a legi- legitimate tick for that one because Sydney had some pretty impressive performances against Absolutely, yeah. A-League sides. Beat but two. it's hard to yeah. think that someone like Al-Hassan Toure who has dazzled so much is probably not even going to start for this side when... Craig Noon is 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 back when I think their their striker, um, touching uh, a Arabuli, I think is his name is is up to full fitness is is linked in. You know Al-Hassan Toure is going to be fighting to keep his spot in the team, and that is that is a scary thought. I think you do make a great point though about about that that back four. Maybe there's a, a, a few weaknesses there, particularly at at, at fullback, and that might be an area that against. Top tier, you know, teams that have attacks as good as Macarthur do. Yeah, um, that might be an element that works against them. I think, again, they'd be one of my ten of twelve teams are in the finals <laughs> conversation.
1: You can't write them out with the attacking options that they've got. You can't. You can't write. But them at the, out.
0: I mean, it, I think, irrespective of whether or not they actually make the finals or have a significant run, what I care about more than that is that Macarthur are now a team that excite me. They have never in their pretty much three was it three years of existence now? This, three, is, their, yeah. this is their third yeah. year? Third season. Oh sorry, in their previous two years of existence, have scarcely uh excited me and rarely excited many others because of the the way they've they've always had good players, but now it seems with this more at least from the outside looking in laissez fair. Approach to to coaching under under Dwight York, um, players, creative players of which they've always had are being given the scope to yep. actually create and be a bit more artistic and fluid. And even if that doesn't give them enough to get into the top six or make a tilt for a title or something like that, I still think that'll be uh, a welcome improvement if not to MacArthur, just to the league as a whole.
1: Absolutely, and I think their highlights package is going to be something worth watching every week because if you've got someone with the creative uh, genius of Arzani, if he's given uh, the opportunity, plus Craig Noon, uh, all the guys you mentioned, um, they're going to score a lot of goals. They're going to leak a lot of goals, but they're going to score a lot of goals. Their highlights are going to be well worth watching this season, that's for sure.
0: Absolutely. Well, uh, MacArthur getting that elusive... Piece of silverware. Where to? Uh, where to next, Jason? Where are we? Where are we heading away from the Australia Cup? Where are you taking us?
1: Uh, let's talk. Um, let's talk television. Let's talk Paramount sure. Plus and, and documentaries. I guess. So, um, I'm wearing the Wrexham scarf tonight because uh, the A League have started with uh, their own documentary series with with Sky Blue, Sydney, uh, the Sydney Doco, and they're going to also see watch the first episode. Watch the first episode so far. So it's it's kind of. Um, Kind of interesting watching it, knowing you, you know how they perform during the season with with these things. So, um, so far so good. I don't mind it. Um, uh, they've got a lot to live up to, and I, and I think the A League, the access all or the all access uh, stuff that's coming up this season is exciting as well. And I think what we what we're looking at is, um, the A League's men and women trying to promote and push the game not to the converted, not to people like us, but try and push it to other people that might be interested in that style of television and hopefully that sort of, you know, carries on and, and produces something else. Absolutely. I mean, the the Sydney
0: FC I've seen the first episode, it kind of feels like the calm before the storm and I'm a lot more interested in, given we know what happens with the, the season, I, I'm a lot more interested and place a lot more stock in what the episodes that are to come yep. are, look like, uh, are going to look like. Because, uh, again, and this is my one hesitation, I've been pleased to see the announcement of A-League's All Access. I enjoyed seeing some like high-quality footage mm-hmm. of the A-League. Like, yep. even, it, the actual production value of the show was uh, sort of enough for me. Um, but the one thing that gives me pause for thought where it relates to these documentaries is the inevitably there will come times where these clubs will have to expose themselves to criticism mm-hmm. to embarrassment uh, to potentially certain things w- within reason of course uh seeing the light of day that they won't necessarily want to now i think a lot of p- people from an internal PR perspective would look at those sort of things leaking out to the public eye mm-hmm. and see them as, as bad. And to an extent I can understand that because a lot of you know, A-League sides have been burnt before or just soccer in general has been yep. burnt before by bad things happening or you know things being perceived in a bad light. But I think that those moments of, I don't want to say failure, but those moments of challenge, those moments of rawness to the point of maybe being a bit embarrassing or something like yeah. that, are the strength of these sports documentaries.
1: I agree completely. It makes, that makes for good television or good watching. Exactly. So Sunderland Till I Die is probably the flagship one that we want to put up and That's the season where they get relegated. They run out of money. Jack mm. Rodwell doesn't want to get um, it's transferred. It's, right? it's, it's real. It's real. It's authentic. It's authentic. But they had that season from hell, and they had to be documented that whole season, yeah. right? So I agree. Really, really good. I think they're going for that whole drive to survive my model where they want to attract people because i think it had the hallmarks of the whole bling fc thing about being the biggest club in, club in australia or that um you know having anthony lapaglia as the narrator um claiming sam kerr is one of their own i thought it was a bit of a stretch but i mean that's the market they, they're targeting they're targeting people not like us that know she used predominantly perth glory in from a uh, league women's point of view rather than the Season or two she had at Sydney FC, but they're not targeting us. We're not the market. So Mm. um, I think it's great. And then we have the other option there to watch it. So um, if you turn up late for, uh, you know, an A-League game and you can't watch it on Paramount, you've got the other options because you can't watch from the start or or rewind the live coverage, then you can can watch a doco and wait for the, the replay to come back up. Yeah, I mean,
0: b- before we move on to to that, or you just—that uh, is kind of the reason I brought up the the point about the authenticity, the exposure to criticism, because we all know mm-hmm. that from this point onwards, the Sydney FC documentary, what happens on the pitch, the season that they have, yeah, b- and again, this is by Sydney standards, this yep. is not by global sporting standards necessarily, mm-hmm. is bad, is a bit of a dumpster fire. So, what happens from here? How much? embarrassment and criticism they, well, do they have are any- willing to expose themselves to. We've seen these sort of, you know, board-level conversations yeah, yeah. about, oh, how long do we start to – how long do we give Steve Corica? What do we do? We know he doesn't go anywhere. So we- what what happens from here, how much they sort of expose themselves in a bad but good way mm. is, is, is key and might give us a, a window into what we can see and expect from the –
1: Upcoming A League's documentaries, yeah, but and when does the end? Right? Do we? I want the Ninkovic episode, right? Well, you imagine that, right? So that they, they we go to the season ends and they go into the A League A League men's finals and um, the A League women's finals. Obviously, the women's going to take p- quite precedent towards the end of it, leading into the women's World Cup will be good. But the off season episode where you know what we've you know all the hearsay about Ninkovic needing to get citizenship and then having then jumping across to their rivals and all the rest of it that would be amazing television so that is again is that sort of embarrassment element that you talk about um that would be fantastic to watch but we'll see see how that goes but you the more content the better i guess they can't really complain too much when it comes through there
0: yes um and as you said before content that can be paused and <laughs> replayed because it's on demand uh but that's not something unfortunately uh that we're going to be able to say about the starting Games of this A-League men's season, because at 10.01, uh, we saw the announcement, a, a tweet come out from the Paramount Plus Australia account at 10.01. Yeah. Interesting time to, I, I'd have thought, to, to pump out an announcement like this. And just, to, just on a solitary tweet, which read, Dear Football Fans... We want to be up front with you, and unfortunately, Live Pause and Rewind won't be ready for the start of the 2022-23 a Leagues season, not the A-League men's Mm. season, A-League season. I don't know. Can we read something into that? Anyway, we understand your frustration, and we're continuing to work on this feature. As soon as it is ready, we will let you know. Jason, your response to this, I will get in a second, but I'm going to preface your response by saying that the... Internet's response has been <laughs> – or the soccer Twitter response has it. been to, to launch into uh, what many refer to in Internet parlance as a ratio. Yes. Uh, because this this uh, this tweet that, that Paramount put out has 265 likes, uh, 298 replies, and 199 quote tweets. Now, those who maybe are not au fait with the Internet, uh, the general rule of thumb is if you have more replies to mm-hmm. your tweet likes, than you do yeah. likes – Whatever you've put out has probably been quite poorly received by its audience. But Jason, your response to this announcement from Paramount? Plus? We just
1: we just talked up how good these documentaries are going to be, and and the rest of it promoting the game. This is this is horrible. This is a horrible own goal, because this is when when they announced Paramount were taking on and the, one of the things last season, which was difficult with all the rescheduled games, it was difficult with the um the promotion of the television. We've got a brand new streaming service that people had to jump on. People jumped on because they're fans of the A-League, right, or the A-Leagues. And, oh, it doesn't have a um, play from start option. It doesn't have the replays up very quickly. It doesn't have um, pause and rewind options. We need to fix this, all right? So that was was, um, identified probably round one last season, okay? So we're talking 12 months ago, right? That's identified 12 months ago. That is one key thing that people who stream – football wants and need. So they've had a long, long, long time to get it right. Every other streaming service that covers football has these options. There's probably another three or four that we can run through. So if you want to KO, Optus, Stan, they have all got these options, right? And then they come out and they don't have it. And the thing, well, the thing about it is that, um, sport wasn't their main bread and butter for, for Paramount. This is sort of a new market moving into football all the rest of it. But, um, how could you not get that? That's just the basic that they needed to get up and running. Um, well, I think we mentioned off-air Danny Townsend said, yes, that's one of the main things we're going to look look towards fixing and then announcing it two days before the A-League season. So most people that are fans of Australian club football that want to watch this have already paid their subscription fee. Mm. More often than not, 12 months up front, um, ready to go. And then when the functionality is not there, it's um, it's just – Again, disappointing and and makes <laughs> makes it a little bit flat leading into the season. Yeah, it,
0: it it was July twenty fourth when Danny Townsend took to Twitter to say that uh, we've all been told that it will be ready for the new season, so expectations are set. Now, I'm not saying that uh, Danny Townsend is is sitting in the uh, the back end of Paramount <laughs> no. Plus and you know saying oh, can, can we sort of improve this bit. I, I know it's not his. Responsibility, but I don't think it's a, it's a great look to be... It's not. I mean, to be... Uh, for, for either... Predominantly for Paramount, but also to, to be making promises that aren't, you know, kept, even if that's out of his control. It's not great. And as you said, the timing of this announcement, I mean, Paramount say we want to be up front yeah, yeah. with you. I mean, two days out from the A-League season, uh, I I am not in the Paramount... IT department. I'm not, you know, creating the stack for for their streaming platform yep. or anything. But I would say that this possibility of certain features not being ready for the start of the season would have been apparent before 2 days out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this could have this could have come out as you mentioned earlier at a time before people had committed money to the platform. Now that's not to say there haven't been some improvements, there have been a few changes, there's like been a schedule added, people can see what time live games I, um, can kick off, there have been a yeah. few adjustments, but for, for a lot of people this will be or for some people, particularly people who've got children, people who might have work, yeah. this will be football training a deal Friday, breaker and like that. Yeah, yeah this this will be a deal breaker and to find out that a deal-breaker has been inserted into their claws after they've potentially subscribed, it's not a great look.
1: If I've gone to a kid's sport or a party or something and the game starts at 7.30 and I get home at quarter to eight, I want to watch it from the start. Watch it as it's live, pretend that it's live. And you know what You know what I think's happened? I don't think the A-leagues have got a leg to stand on with the TV deal because what's actually happened, if we go back to when Paramount, Paramount started, there was always those... um. The, the TV rights were up for grabs, and there was a danger that they were going to miss out on any money and miss out on any deal whatsoever um, in terms of the TV rights because Fox didn't want it. If you recall, Fox didn't want it. We're going to go sign. They got, we got a deal, we got a deal, we got all this money thrown at us from Paramount. They might have just signed the contract without putting in, actually, you need to have some functionality. Like, we will show all of your games. That's no problem. Maybe that's all they've signed off on. So Paramount have got no development costs within the contract to say, we, we're doing what we signed. We we show every game live. That's what you want. That's what we signed off on on the contract, and we are doing that. Why would they throw any extra development monies? Because yeah. perhaps because of these issues, they haven't got the extra subscribers they would have hoped for because people aren't jumping on because they don't have these ability. Um, you know, disappointing. But that being said, like some of the things that they're doing, and last season aside, because of all the rescheduled games and all the rest of it, we talked about the fixturing. Uh, this coming season, and then there is a standalone Saturday night game on on free to air, a massive, massive addition to um, to what was going on when we had two or three games going on at the same time, and, and the rest of it on Saturday night. So Channel Ten now has a free run at it with um, Saturday night games. So if they don't cut to ads during the play, well, that's I d- actually, going to be worthwhile. I was trying; I was listing
0: off things that have been improved with the broadcast, and I do want to note the introduction of these sort of in-play ads mm-hmm. that we've seen, the little lower thirds yeah, that yeah. come up promoting the Sydney documentary, the lower third yep. we saw like fade in and out of the screen in the bottom right-hand corner of your your television uh, promoting Western United, Melbourne City. Yep. The sort of background or the framing kind of almost picture-in-picture picture but not quite where we see the screen... The actual match sort of reduced yeah, yeah, yeah. in size slightly and then you get the ad around the yeah. outside. Those are all good things. They're much better than the alternative. There have been strides made. Yeah. Um and look, we could talk probably probably end up talking in circles about this is bad, it needs yeah, yeah. to have been here already. I'm sure that's not a surprise or a shock to anyone. I guess the question now is how much? How much longer is it going to take? Because if yeah, if, they
1: need to. They need to. Danny Townsend needs to say and get a commitment from him.
0: I mean, yeah. How far do we have to get into the season before like serious conversation? Like I would say, if 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 this isn't uh, a reality and a part of the streaming, you know, experience for A League yeah. fans, A League men's and women's fans before.
1: Halfway through the men's season, well, what happens um, when the World Cup's on? They're not, not showing any football on Paramount at all, are they? So you got a four-week window. Surely you get some developers. 12,
0: two, three, three weeks. I think it's three, four weeks off. Yeah, it's not a long time.
1: Well, but yeah. that maybe yeah, anyway, that's, they the, got, perfect, that's it, the perfect. If it's the launch, that's it, perhaps the perfect test time. It. They they, could, they need to get it right. Anyway. Anyway. That's, that's, that's Paramount's yeah. little, and yeah, it almost broke the internet in terms of people just going, are you kidding? You've had that long to fix it. It's our number one bugbear. Yes. But, this uh, is how people watch sport.
0: Paramount have been, uh, they are well aware of the problem. They have been, uh, ratioed online and, uh, and hopefully we don't have to have this conversation. Uh, last one, hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. this is the last yeah, time yeah. we have to talk about this, but, um. Yeah, on demand or live, the A League season will start this weekend, Absolutely. and we will get to talk about the uh, opening round of games. We might take a a, a short break here on the Oz Football Hour, just to just to decompress from that uh you know lack of a pause. But we're going to take a pause. Yeah, um,
1: let's let's refresh.
0: Just just so everyone can know what that uh that feels like. So off to a, off to a break, and on the other side of this, we'll uh, we'll preview the opening round of the A League Men's season. Victory looking
1: to build. Barbaroussis is quick. Is he in behind top or Stanley? It doesn't matter! Costa Barbaroussis! Wow! Up yeah! like a salmon, a spawning salmon. And Diamanti again! Oh, he's got it! Unbelievable kick from Mavia.
0: We're back. Here on the Oz Football Hour, getting ready for our round one preview, looking at what looms as a uh, very exciting opening weekend of uh, of matchups for us to dissect, uh, Jason. But before we get into that, I do just want to—we're not the only people coming back. We're back from the break, but mm-hmm. uh, someone who is back supporting this station is uh, is the Global Institute of Sport. Now, if you don't know about GIS, uh, they are a service that provide masters degrees in football. They have campuses. Inside stadiums uh, around world football, including at, at Wembley, uh, most notably, but also here in uh, in Victoria mm-hmm. at the MCG. And if uh, you're interested in uh, being part of a, a master's degree, potentially in, in football business, they also do one in coaching and analysis. Uh, there is an online course available with unique access and touch points at the MCG, as I mentioned. Uh, if that's of interest to you, be sure to head over to gis.dotsport/slashfnr. I mean... A course to be educated inside the MCG or even at Wembley.
1: Rather than listen to us. Yeah, absolutely, of course. No, well, no, you can yeah.
0: do both. You could actually listen to the Aus Football Hour. Maybe that's just part of your studies. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll speak to GIS and see if uh, Auspo- on the Os Football Hour can become sort of like required listening. The lecturers. We can maybe you lecturers. can get a credit. Yeah. Well, either way, very grateful to GIS for their support. Absolutely. Uh, FNR if a postgraduate, a master's degree, uh, in a football-specific area might be of interest to you. But uh, let's get into round one. Jason, mm-hmm. there's a host, a bevy of uh, exciting fixtures. I think you could make the case for just about all of the games that are taking place being appointment viewing. There are maybe a couple of possible exceptions. But yep. an F3 derby, a big blue, and the Premier's against the champions uh, headline the opening round of A-League men's action, starting with that, the, the latter of those, mm-hmm. which is... Melbourne
1: City against Western United this Friday. Shall we start there? Let's start there. And and one quickly to acknowledge is actually uh, just found out, and um, amid all of the the different news come through. Scott Jamison plays his 300th game on Friday night. The Melbourne City skipper. So obviously he had stints at a, at a few other A League clubs before um, cementing himself as a uh, captain for Melbourne City. So congratulations to Jammo. Um, interesting grand final rematch. Uh, Friday night. The start of the, the start of the comp. It's going to be exciting. When you head along to that, are you going along? I absolutely will be there. It's a it's
0: a twenty minute walk, not go. a not a drive, not yep. a train. It's a twenty minute walk from my house, so I really have no excuses. I've actually quite pleasingly, I've had people message me about
1: wanting to go to the game, and not people nice. who are A League fans. So well, that's, that's good, that's, good that's to nice. hear. Good to hear. And and prediction: What do you think is going to happen on Friday night?
0: Well, I really don't know. I think I could see. I often in quite enjoy the games that these mm-hmm. two sides play against one another. Uh, Western United really sort of, I think, oh, I mean, had the better over Melbourne City, not just in the grand final, but throughout the regular season as well. I think Western United one game, on one of the games, the other was a draw. Um, I'm expecting excitement. These are two teams that haven't had too many changes where it relates to sort of the bulk of their squad. They've probably had sort of the least... The, the the sort of slimmest in and out lists, but the players that they have both brought in are of some quality. Particularly Melbourne City bringing in you know three new visa players in in Berisha, Barisha, Thomas Lamb, and, and Richard Vanderben who both all come in with um you know, pretty intriguing CVs. I mean Barisha in particular. It still remains to be seen how much of uh, of those three that we see on the weekend. Uh, my mail is that that uh. Lamb seems the most likely of all of them to to be in contention for a starting slot. Yep. Um, but, I mean, on the other side of the coin, you have Western United who have added pieces onto a, a championship defence. I mean, they haven't really lost all that much. The o- o- only a handful of departures are Vujicic and Skatadas both going to MacArthur and then mm-hmm. Rene Kryn, who was a, a good player in flashes, but obviously because of his... Issues with injury, we never really got to see that much from him. And they've replaced those outgoings with, uh, with Jacob Tratt, James Troisi and Tongo Dumbia, who I've been told has been training the house down. Uh, so that really makes their midfielder um, uh, a force to be to be reckoned with, I guess, if he delivers on the, on the pre-season hype. It's really... Hard to predict this way. Uh, I think that, way this uh, game is going
1: to go. We said with the twelve, the twelve teams, and we we try to like squash down into six finalists. I think these two are probably going to be right at the pointy end of the of the table at the end of the season. So, it is hard to, to pick a winner. Are we going to go with predictions for who we think going to win, win loss or draws with these games?
0: I think this game is going to be a two all, a two all draw. Yeah, I, I, th- yeah, I, I just think that. I can't see, my reason for the prediction is uh, there will be some probably absentees for both sides, maybe some players who are coming off the bench to have their impact. Like, uh, I'm not 100% sure whether someone like Alex Priovich, who we know was quite late to return to Western Mm -hmm. United, is in line to start, um, which throws the door open for that striking spot. As we mentioned, some of the Visa players are... For City are perhaps not likely to come in. There's probably a bit more continuity for Western than there is yeah. for City. But in terms of the actual way that these two sides play, I I can't see any reason for John Aloisi to adapt what he's done. And I don't think Patrick Kisnorbo is necessarily going to change on the fundamental principles, which while they didn't always work out last year, have delivered success in the past. And to that end, you know, both sides coming off the sort of the break, I think it'll be a draw, but I think it'll be yeah. exciting.
1: Let, yeah, let's hope for exciting. I'm, I'm still going to think a bit of a, a a draw to start it off with, but let's hope we get some goals. Maybe two or would be a, a nice, uh, nice little intro to the season. Yeah, where are we heading to next? Brisbane Raw take on Macarthur at mm. SunCorp Stadium. So they've got a, a few games. They're moving back to the to the big stadium. Yes, yeah, so I think is SunCorp
0: good. is now the the predominant uh, predominant home. There will still be some games
1: that are um weather hopefully is going to be okay. Yes. Uh, we talked about that. Um Charlie Austin, I'm very interested to watch. I saw a lot of him because the, the Brisbane Roar played many games down here in Melbourne for the uh, Australia Cup. And initially in the first game against Heidelberg, I thought he was hobbling around and then I found, you know, noticed him a little bit more. That's probably his it's running the way style, he, his gait. Yeah. yeah. Correct, but um I was super impressed with him defensively. Um, for a striker, he was chasing very very hard um Early, I watched him again in the rain at, at, uh, against Avondale as well. He'll be a big difference. So some of the passing that he displayed in those games uh, and his ability to defend as well. Welcome addition. He's going to be great for uh, an interview and sound bites and the rest of it, which he's already, yeah, he already, already, already been, shown, yeah. the whole park life thing. So um, that's going to be interesting. I don't think Roar are going to be great this season. However, at home against MacArthur, we talked about MacArthur's you know, defensive mm. perhaps frailties. Yeah, I might think uh Brisbane at home to start things off.
0: I think they will be think they will be better. Mm-hmm. I think they will be better, but I I guess the big question around Brisbane is will they be improved enough to actually challenge for the top six? I mean, you could make the argument that maybe Charlie Austin alone yeah. it gives them a pathway. They've absolutely got a shot, but Yeah, they're probably one of the teams that I see missing out. Even though I do like the way that Warren Moon plays, I do like the players they've got at their disposal. I mean, glad to see Riku Danzaki back. Joe Knowles, coming from the NPL Victoria, Mm -hmm. obviously I'm going, going to have a soft spot for him and it remains to be seen how much of an influence or how much of an impact he has in a starting capacity. I'm pleased or interested to see Henry Hoare I uh, get the chance to to kick on this season a little bit more as well, but MacArthur, the opening round, given the the confidence that they seem to have, the togetherness that they seem to have, um, particularly in the wake of you know all the celebrations yep. for Davila. I mean, we saw Alas Santoro pretty much break down mm. talking about what it meant to get the win for his Mexican teammate. Um, it's going to be hard, particularly when you contrast that against the sort of run in that Brisbane have had. While yes, they've improved, I think on paper, but their off season, off field stuff, the appeal currently, um, mm-hmm. you know, against Corey Brown, it's pretty. It's it doesn't make for for great viewing. No. So I think I think Macarthur are the the sort of obvious favourites in this game. I see I see goals in it. I reckon maybe mm-hmm. I'm going to say three.
1: To Macarthur, no. I think the Roar's going to get up at home, but not uh, they're not going to be convincing for the season. I agree with you there. That's so a, you're uh, going for Raw? Yes. Interesting. It's just this week. Okay. Um, Mariners news before we go into their game against Newcastle, a um, big one as well. So first of all, uh, Garen Qual has signed with Newcastle United. So some of the great news we had in the last week. So uh, if you got a chance to see him in the six games leading up to the World Cup break, please do so. He's going an outstanding talent. We it's hope the, it it's progresses. The, the, the Gorunski farewell tour. Unfortunately, it's not in Melbourne. We won't get to see him. We might have to get on a plane or on a, on a bus or something. Um, and I uh, just want to acknowledge Matt Simon, who has announced his retirement as well after 252 games with the Mariners and, and a 60 odd with uh, Sydney FC. A couple of games to the Socceroos as well. Love him or hate him, he was a massive character and part of this league. And always something happened when he was when he was running around like. Like crazy, so uh, well done on a on a fantastic career.
0: Yeah, here, here. Mm. As for as for the game itself, I mean, uh, two of the more exciting teams I thought in in the A League Men's last season. Obviously, one more successful than the other. That being Central Coast, who yep. did make it into the finals, and and you know, I spoke to to Nick Montgomery. Uh, last last week on on state of our football nation with George Danikian uh, mm-hmm. Thursdays at, at five pm. If you want to watch this coming, uh, this coming show which is going to feature Daniel McBreen by the way, so there that's that's cool. Um, he felt like maybe they should have or could have won that game against Adelaide and maybe made it you know right down to the pointy end, been a game away from the grand final. But yeah. there are aside Central Coast who. I think, are perpetually written off or underestimated because of their operating budget, because of what they've got at their disposal. And yet they managed to defy expectations again last season. Can you see more of the same from the Mariners this year? I mean, they have not only lost Matt Simon, in the striking department, Mm. but Marco Ureña as well, who was uh, a a revelation before he was maybe overshadowed to an extent by Jason Cummings, even if they formed a good partnership.
1: Well, I think we got Cummings for the full season for one, right? Yeah. And he's my tip for the golden boots, which means he's going to score goals at home and these are the games that he will want to score goals in. And I think with Qual having a, a six-game cameo and a farewell tour, I I, I I think Mariners for this one. Newcastle have recruited well, though, too. Um, you think they've got Piscopo, they've got O'Neill, they've got a few others that have come into that team are going to be pretty handy. Mariners, I'm going to go Mariners at home for this one.
0: Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you too. I mean, Newcastle undoubtedly, as you've said, have improved um, and signed some high-quality players in certain areas of the pitch. A massive blow, of course, to lose someone like Daniel Pena. Mm-hmm. But I think as replacements go, Renato Piscopo is, is about as good as you could possibly hope for. I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of of Brandon O'Neill, but there's no doubt that he is, um, you know, a, a, a verified... Um, a-league talent, like he's, he's A-league calibre um, and towards the top end. So, it's a a useful player. Josh Shatirio is someone who I actually think had a bit of an underrated mm-hmm. time, even if he was, you know, quite direct, quite sort of one-dimensional. Same with Bahaja. Maybe these are players who someone like Arthur Pappas, um, who we know likes to do things a bit outside of the square, if his playing style compared to the rest of the league was anything to go by last year, uh, he can bring the best out of them. But I think the big problem, and the reason I am going to tip the Mariners in a game like this, is for all the improvements, the fresh players they brought in, I don't think that they have fundamentally improved what was their largest problem area, mm-hmm. uh, which was the centre of their defence last year. They played quite a high line and yep. the sort of, Slightly older, more experienced, a bit slower defensive pairing was caught out quite often, especially in games against the Mariners and the fact that we haven't seen too much change in that department. I think they brought in Mark Natter who might help, but you know, he's probably got some sort of time to integrate and prove that he can step in and be an improvement on what's there.
1: Um, Cal- yeah, Carl Jenkinson from Melbourne City, the ex-Arsenal player as well. Is that Newcastle in defence, and he, he's fairly solid. So. I
0: mean, I guess he'll be a good organiser, but he's more of a, a, a full-back, I suppose. Yeah. They could throw him into into the centre of defence, but I don't know. I still think that's going to be a problem area for them. Um, maybe less of one if the midfield does a, a better job defensively, but not enough to to get them a result necessarily over uh, Central Coast. Yeah, I agree. Another game, though, where I feel like there could be heaps of goals.
1: Yeah, well, let's hope so. Let's hope we kick it away. Again, let's hope the weather doesn't interrupt. And then Sydney FC back uh, against Melbourne Victory at Allianz Stadium, the uh, return home to the the revamped stadium. The big blue, Channel 10, free-to-air game. Um, This will be very interesting. It'll be good to watch this one.
0: Absolutely. And we've heard some reports that there might even be Somewhere in the midst of, of 30,000 turning up for this game. Victory have gone close to, if not now, sold out their uh, away bay, which yep. will be good because even if there's only a 1,000-odd of them, they will make a great Always noise. Always good atmosphere
1: in these games. Always good And, of course, yep. it's the
0: return to uh, to Allianz Stadium for, for the A-League men's side. So, that yeah, plenty of things to get excited about. As for the game itself... I think Victory are going to have a far more impactful season yep. than than Sydney FC. I mean, Victory are probably my tip for the championship. I think Popper might finally um, get that one that's been eluding him and 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 lift the uh, you know the toilet seat. Sydney, I can see making the finals, but yep. I can't see. I, I think this attempt to to reinvigorate Sydney, play a new system, switch to a four-three-three. It might be a kind of year-on-year plan. And my fundamental concern is it might not be something that Steve Corica is at the level of executing.
1: True, and Melbourne Victory are on display for the new owners as well too. So uh, they'll be purchased today, seven-seven-seven. Yes. Uh, so they join a stable of clubs that include clubs from Italy, Brazil. Belgium, France, and Spain, which is fantastic for them. I also have victory up to the the pointy end of the, of the table and probably close to playing off uh, for the premiership this season, and mm. I think they'll kick off with a, with a win as well. Yeah,
0: I think if they can go without any significant injuries in their defensive stocks, I think that's their big problem area is if they get injuries. That, I mean, we're already seeing that Jason Guerrier is going to spend a bit of time on the sidelines, so someone like Stephanie Groh is probably going to step in to fill that void right back. Yeah. Um, If they get any more injuries and, you know, Mats Baranovich is someone who does have form, those are going to be, be big blows because the likes of Noah Smith, George Timothy, who they brought in as defensive cover, yep. I've never been overly convinced by. So I think an unscathed Melbourne victory, a full-strength victory side uh, are going to be, a force to be reckoned with, but there is a chance that, you know, an, an injury to one of those defensive stalwarts could throw up a surprise. With that said though, I think that's unlikely to impact this game. Um, and I think victory will get a one nil win. It'll be, this will be for tight. Me. Yeah. This will be tight.
1: Two nil for me, I think. Um, two games to go on the Sunday. So uh, Wellington Phoenix back playing in New Zealand, which is fantastic against Adelaide United. Uh, Adelaide United, I think, uh, are going to be up there around the top six, as they genuinely are. If you've got Halloran and uh, and Goodwin mm. up front, you um you know, in fantastic A League players up there with close to the, so two of the better, well two of the best players in the in the league, and, and Australian at that as well, um make a difference. Interesting to see how the Phoenix go at home. They've been they were on the road for almost two years. Would they play like three games in New Zealand in the last two seasons? Thought- so. And they, and they were they actually perform quite well, all things considered. So, uh, hopefully, the crowd get behind them. Uh, everyone's there to welcome them back there at uh, in Wellington. Uh, and they're going to be hard to beat at home as they normally are anyway. But I think Adelaide, uh, for me, are going to be one of the, the better teams this this season. So I'm going to pick Adelaide for that one.
0: Yeah, I think ultimately, I think ultimately Adelaide will will have the the better season. I mean, some people I think have even got Adelaide as a potential dark horse for you know, for finishing for mm-hmm. finishing top, for maybe getting some some silverware at the end of this season. It's hard to well, I th- can be argued, but yeah, as as you pointed out, adding Ben Halloran to create the the king of goals and assists yeah. in, in Craig Goodwin is is pretty devastating and also I think Hiroshi Ibasuki ended up having a pretty decent sort of... Yeah,
1: and he'll be better for the run too in terms of coming back. Craig Goodwin will have a lot to prove because um, not being in that squad of 31 for the last two Socceroos games, even though he was one of the better players in the playoff against Absolutely. Peru, uh, you would think he's, his card's been marked mm-hmm. and he's not going to the World Cup. So he'll have a big point yeah. to prove as well.
0: In, in spite of that though, I think Wellington are going to win this game. Mm-hmm. Game. I and think I, I don't yeah. know. I think that the home crowd will make a, a massive, massive difference. And I don't know as much. Wellington, I think they'll have the not as good of a season because they have lost some real quality. But they've also picked up some good players too. I mean, Steven Yugarkovic is a, a massive, massive introduction. I think he adds a real freshness to their base of the midfield, a bit more drive, something I think that they were lacking, particularly in those finals games, especially, well, Final game <laughs> yeah. against against Western United that that sort of spark from midfield was something that that slipped slipped them by and um, to add to that Boshir is someone who was or is I guess a highly rated talent coming out of Bulgaria if he can mm-hmm. recapture uh, any of that sort of um, ability or channel that ability consistently and apply himself and return to be that player that some saw as one of the biggest talents coming out of Bulgaria, then maybe he'll be an extra bit of spark. But, yeah, I think Adelaide will have the better season, but Wellington returning
1: to New Zealand will have the win in this game. And the final game of the round, the Wanderers hosting Perth Glory. Um, So Perth had the season from hell last year, and it's not really starting so fresh for them as well with that. not really having a, a home ground for, for most of this season as well, having to play out of Macedonia parks. So uh-huh. They're away for this one and they've recruited a number, a number of new players. So I, I wonder is, is always a hard one. You think with the players and the list that they've got that they should be okay. I think they'll win at home, um, picking in, you know, bringing in Lawrence Thomas, uh, Brandon borello's back from overseas as is uh, Lawrence Thomas, uh, Oliver Bazanich has come down from uh, from the Mariners to join them so the wanderers are going to be good but Perth have a lot of new recruits some with some quality and some good CVs and some will be completely unknown so interesting to see what they can do.
0: Yeah I mean I think it's 15 or 16 new players mm. that they've they've brought in and look I like some of the names that have come in I think there's some sort of uh, interesting, scouting missions, some some young players that they're going to be putting their, their, their faith in. You know, Luka Vanovic, an interesting transfer. I obviously, as someone who is a heart supporter in Scotland, I like the introduction of someone like Aaron McInef. I think he is a really energetic player and at only 27, he's the kind of visa player who you could see if he has a positive impact sticking around. Um, yeah, really, really excited by his introduction into the league. Um, but... In saying that, irrespective of how well or poorly you think Perth are going to do, there's no mistaking that for a relatively inexperienced coach like Ruben Zadkovich, to integrate 16 players is probably going to even with the world's longest off season is probably going to take a little bit more time. Absolutely. Whereas I think Western Sydney have got probably enough individual quality. Uh, to get them over the line in this game. I'll be interested to see how Marcelo goes as well, the Brazilian centre-back that they've brought in. Again, another another person who my sort of preseason scouts have been telling me has been performing quite well, so he could be a, a, a massive, massive difference-maker for them. So, yeah, I think this will probably be the more... I expect, at least, it to be the more convincing... Um or the most convincing sort of win comprehensive of, of the weekend. Yep. Uh and yeah, I'll get Western Sydney to have a, won- a
1: win at home. Wondrous for me as well, I think.
0: Yeah. So that's only, the round. That's the round. Only one draw for me. I don't know about you, but I went one draw.
1: i w- yeah. The Friday night for the draw, the same. Um but yeah, they'll were- It'll be all completely different when we talk about this next week. We know that that's, that's true. That's the beauty of Probably Australian every, football. Almost yeah. every
0: prediction, if not every <laughs> prediction, will be wrong. Uh, quick one wrong. B- before we go, Jason. Uh, we're not going to bother with the top six because I, I will go into cardiac arrest yeah, yeah. if I have to. You know, do that much brain computing. Uh, I'm even saying brain computing. That's how much <laughs> I'm struggling with as it is. Uh, quick fire: Golden Boot, Johnny Warren, Wooden Spoon, and Champions for you. Golden Boot. Uh, you mentioned it before, but you've gone with
1: Jason Cummings from the I'm Mariners. Gonna, yep. I'm
0: going to say uh, Jamie McLaren. I mean, yep. why why bet against the guy? He is uh, many things. I don't love all of them, but a killer fin- finisher is certainly one of them, and that's going to, I think, guide him to another Golden Boot. Johnny Warren medalist. I have actually gone for Craig
1: Goodwin. That yeah, I would um, have him close. Uh, look, I, I was tossing up between uh, Brimmer, and um, I think Nanny's going to take some votes. Away from him this season, so I'm going to go with uh, a previous winner, but it's at a new club, or second season in uh, Davila. Oh, I think that's mm-hmm. um, that's that's a very good shout. Wooden Spoon, Perth Glory. We just mentioned. I think I, don't, I can't see that many players tr- gelling that that quickly, playing out of a, uh, you know a, a semi professional type stadium. I feel awful saying it, but I do think it, it's almost like.
0: Yeah, it's it, I think Perth as well, but it's not it, it's more it's not like a obvious candidate kind of thing. Like yeah. it's a most like it's like who is the least good as opposed to who is the most bad. <laughs> I guess yeah, yeah I don't feel good about it, but I no. think Perth Glory will have to be the tip. Yep. Um having said that, I fully expect them now to make the top 6. And Roar will finish, yeah. Uh, Royal yeah. Will drop down. Uh and champions, I said it before, I'm tentatively going barring any long-term injuries to a central defender, I'm going to say victory. I think they've just, the quality that they have added um, and perhaps some of the quality that they already had that perhaps underperformed and could return to their, their best, like a, a Chris Economides, for mm-hmm. example, who had an injury hit campaign, I think that's
1: a pretty scary proposition. Um, I'm going Melbourne City. I think the the premier's probably going to come from this town. We had the top three last season, and there's a lot of stability in terms of coaching, players. They've all brought in some uh, improvements. The three Melbourne sides. But I'm going to go Melbourne City to win it.
0: Well, that's our official. That's our official list. Those are our round one predictions. That's about all we've got on this week's edition. Of the Football Hour. I hope you've enjoyed it and you've enjoyed it with thanks to uh, the Global Institute of Sport. Of course, uh, we'll be back here on a Tuesday. Uh, The normal time slot. Don't forget the keys. No, I won't. The normal time slot uh, next week from 6 to 7 Australian Eastern Daylight Time as it is now, Uh, but ready next week to talk about all of the predictions that we got violently wrong. But until that time, uh, we'll see you very soon.
1: Victory looking to build. Barbarussis is quick. Is he in behind Top Or Stanley? It doesn't matter. Costa Barbaroussas. Wow! Up like a salmon, a spawning salmon. And Diamanty again! Oh he's got it! Unbelievable kick from Bobia.